Welcome to the Brain Over Binge podcast, where you learn a simple, brain-based approach to ending binge eating. I'm Katherine Hansen, your host, and today is the Q&A show for October. For those of you who may be new to the show, the Q&A episodes are where you, the listener, can submit a question to me, and each month I pick one or two questions and I talk about them on the show. In order to submit a question to me, you need to subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which you can do in the show notes. And in that monthly newsletter, which comes out on the first of every month, you'll find the link to submit a question to the podcast. I hope that you find the Q&A shows practical and that you benefit from hearing me discuss issues that people are facing in their recovery from binging. You'll probably find that you can relate to a lot of what other people are struggling with. And even if it's not your specific question that I'm answering, if you have submitted a question, I hope that you'll still be able to apply what I talk about. From reading all your questions and also from working with the groups that I have, the eight-week course that I'm running right now, and also our after-course support group, I know that there's a lot of common questions that come up while you're trying to let go of this behavior, and it can really help to realize that you're not alone and that other people are struggling with a lot of the same issues. So just know that whatever issues come up for you, there's always solutions and there's always ways you can deal with it. There's always ways that you can continue moving forward in recovery, even when it seems really difficult. And I never want anyone to give up. There's always help. There's always hope. And I hope that these podcast episodes provide you with some guidance that you can use to let go of the binge eating habit. The first question I'm going to address today involves two different types of binges, and you'll understand what I mean by that in a little while. The second question is about purging and how thoughts of purging can sometimes encourage binging. So I'm just going to dive right in. And the first question is from Stephanie. Stephanie said, I'm a grateful believer in all that you're teaching us. I seem to be under the impression from my own longtime experience of dealing with an eating disorder that there are two different kinds or types of binges. One I call an impulsive binge, where I'm focused on eating healthfully, and suddenly I'm secretly eating my kids' leftover ice cream, which triggers the, oh, now I've blown it anyhow, I might as well go big or go home thoughts, and it seems the floodgates open and I gorge out of control. But the second type of binge I call the premeditated binge. I've given this binging episode a lot of thought and consideration, and I go shopping for my favorite binge foods days ahead of time. I plan a time that I know I'm alone. I don't swallow frantically, and the whole thing feels like a planned vacation from life that I deserve. However, afterwards, I feel the same negative feelings and guilt and physical discomfort as I do during the impulsive binges. Since listening to you, I do feel like I'm eating adequately. Can you shed any insight on my theory of there being two different kinds of binge eating and if your same techniques apply to both? Thanks for this question, Stephanie. I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate. I know that I can, definitely, from when I was a binge eater. And I think my binges, I had the impulsive ones like you talked about. And I had planned ones, but they weren't planned quite so far in advance. I think it was more like maybe an hour or two before I would start having thoughts and start making plans. So I think there are not just two types, but maybe there's a range. If you think of impulsive on one end, where you just flip into the behavior seemingly so automatically, and then premeditated like days or even weeks in advance, there's a big range in between that. So anywhere between impulsive and planned, I think is common. And I think that everyone experiences binges in a slightly different way. But in all cases, it's still that you're doing something that you don't truly want to be doing. And you see that in the way you feel afterward. There's that physical discomfort. There are the consequences. You think, why did I do that? There's the guilt. And I think that wherever the binge falls on that spectrum of impulsive to planned, 
there is that feeling afterwards. So you know that even if you plan it, it's not something you truly want to do. So you're still planning something that goes against your goals and goes against how you'd want to be living your life. So your question was, do the same techniques apply to both? And I think my short answer is yes, absolutely, that you can use the brain over binge techniques that I teach and you can view your binges in the same way, whether they're impromptu or whether they're planned. And I think it's because, well, let me back up a little bit and say that most of you who have been listening to the show for any length of time know that in my approach, I say that the urges to binge are the only direct cause of binging. An urge to binge is any thought, feeling, or physical sensation that encourages you to binge. So if you look at that definition of an urge, a plan to binge is an urge to binge. Because having that plan, having those thoughts telling you to take the actions to plan the binge, those thoughts are encouraging you to binge. So those are part of the urge. And it doesn't matter when those thoughts appear, whether it's in the moments or seconds right before you start binging, or whether those thoughts appear weeks in advance, they're still encouraging you to do something that you know you don't truly want to be doing. So because a plan to binge is part of the urge, then yes, you can use the same approach. And in what I teach, there are two recovery goals. You need to learn to dismiss the urges to binge and also eat adequately. And it's great that, Stephanie, you're already eating adequately. That takes care of a big part of it because in order to set yourself up to dismiss the urges, you have to be eating enough. You can't be in that survival state where you're starving. It just doesn't work. So it's great that you have that piece in place. Now, the other recovery goal is to dismiss the urges to binge. So you're either going to be doing that in those moments right before the binge occurs in the impulsive binge, or you're going to be doing that weeks or days or hours in advance of the planned binge. And I also think that learning to dismiss the planned binge urges is great practice because a lot of times you don't actually have the ability to binge in those moments. Like you may be at work or somewhere where you physically can't binge and you have these thoughts, these planning thoughts going through your head of what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, and you don't have the ability to act on them in that moment. So it's a good chance to just observe your thoughts and to allow them to be there and to realize that they don't have to have an effect on you. Those thoughts in your head can't actually move your body. You would have to be the one to get up and decide to carry out the actions. Now, whether you're having these planning thoughts well in advance of when you would binge or whether you have the thoughts right before the binge starts, the goal is to not take those thoughts seriously and not give them attention and just experience them without letting them affect your actions. Now, this can take some practice. And if you're someone who's new to this approach, you can get my free ebook, The Brain Over Binge Basics, which helps you just understand what it means to dismiss a binge urge and to allow the binge urge to be there without letting it affect you and without it making you react and feel like you have to respond by binging. To get that free ebook, all you have to do is go to the show notes and subscribe to my newsletter. And when you do that, you'll automatically receive the free ebook in your inbox. I think as you're learning to dismiss the binge urges, it's helpful to realize that the urges can present themselves in so many different ways. And it's important to become aware of that and to see how your urges are operating. Stephanie, it seems like in your case with the planned binges, your urges are making you feel like this is what you truly want. They're kind of disguising themselves as your true thoughts. And you're giving them attention, you're giving them significance, and you're just allowing them to make you believe that that's what you want. 
I know that you absolutely want to give up this habit and it's very evident in the way you feel after the binges. So it's going to be a matter of learning to see those thoughts as false thoughts and really separating yourself from them and realizing that it doesn't matter when those thoughts are occurring. It doesn't matter why or how they're occurring. It just matters that those thoughts are encouraging you to binge and any thought, feeling or physical sensation that encourages binge eating You need to learn to immediately dismiss it and see it as not you and not something that has anything to do with what you actually want. Now, there may be times that you're experiencing these thoughts of planning a binge that the binge does start to seem appealing. And that's normal. That's the lower brain's job. Its job is to maintain this habit, and it maintains it by allowing you to think of the pleasure of it. That's just how the lower brain works. It encourages us to try to seek pleasure, and it doesn't remind us of the pain that's going to come after the binge. So one suggestion I have for you is when it does start to seem appealing and when you have those thoughts of planning a binge and you start to think that it would feel like a vacation for you, just try to follow that logic all the way through the binge and into afterward. Your lower brain's only going to remind you of during the binge and maybe immediately before when you're excited about it. And as you're starting to eat, but it won't remind you of the end of the binge. It won't remind you of what you feel afterward. It won't remind you of what you'll feel the next day. So that's something that you have to consciously do. You have to use your higher brain, your rational self, your true self to kind of fill in the blanks. So when the urge to binge starts to make you feel like, oh, this would be a great thing, then just try to visualize yourself afterward. Try to see what you know you experience afterward and see if that can kind of counteract the appeal of the binge. Most binge eaters know that the consequences of the binge are not worth that temporary pleasure, and it sounds like you definitely are very aware of that too, Stephanie. And the great thing is, is as the habit gets weaker, as you dismiss the urges and they come up less and less, the idea of binging being pleasurable will not make any sense to you anymore. It'll just seem like the opposite of pleasure. One of my group members said something this past week that I thought was so applicable to what we're talking about right now. So I'm going to quote what she said. She said, not once in my life has binge eating been the positive, fun, and productive experience or solution that the urge promised it to be. I thought that was so insightful. I think it just helps you see that the urge is full of false promises. And the more you can recognize that, the less likely you'll be to act on it. Stephanie, I hope that was helpful for you. I hope that you'll be able to treat those impulsive binges and the planned binges as kind of one and the same in that the urges are the direct cause of both of those types of binges, and the urges may present themselves differently for different types of binges, but the urges still just need to be dismissed, and it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. My next question is from Jenna, and Jenna said, I've been a huge fan and follower of you for years now, but I've been struggling with overcoming binging followed by self-induced vomiting for five years. Before every urge to binge, there's always the elusive thought of, well, you know you can always purge to undo the damage, which in turn increases the urge to binge. That being said, what comes first? Dismissing the urge to binge or dismissing the urge that I can always purge immediately after? Thanks for this question, Jenna. And I actually picked these two because even though they may not seem like they're related on the surface, I do think there's a common theme in here in that the urges present themselves in many different ways. And as I said earlier, the urge is any thought, feeling, or physical sensation that encourages a binge. Now for you, Jenna, it seems like this thought of, I can always purge, 
that is encouraging you to binge. Therefore, that is an urge thought. That is a thought that's part of your urge to binge. It's one of the reasons that your lower brain automatically produces that makes you feel that the binge is more compelling or more appealing. So for everyone listening, I just want you to know that it doesn't matter so much the content of your urges. It just matters that they are encouraging you to binge. And anything that encourages you to binge, any of those thoughts, feelings, or physical sensations that you have, you can learn to dismiss them, which means not to give them any meaning or any attention or any power over you. It seems that for you, Jenna, this one thought of, I can always purge, that thought you're still taking as your own thought. So I think that if you're seeing the consequences of your binging, and of course there are so many very dangerous consequences of purging too, you know that that's not your true thought either. Even though it seems like a solution at the time, I think afterward you realize that that's not actually you. That's not actually what you want. You don't truly feel that a binge is okay because you can just purge after. That's just a thought that's come up over and over and you followed it. And when you follow thoughts over and over, they'll keep repeating themselves. So when you said what comes first, dismissing the urge to binge or dismissing the urge that I can always purge after, I do think it's one and the same because I think that thought is part of your urge to binge. Now, if you're talking about dismissing urges to purge, like let's say you do follow the urge to binge and you want to dismiss the urge to purge, I think that's very helpful too because I think if you take away that option of purging, if you tell yourself you're not going to do that, then the thought of I can just purge after, you'll really see that as not true because you've already committed not to purge. So you'll see the false nature of that thought. And purging, of course, has many health consequences. So I always advise people who are purging to be monitored medically during recovery and just anytime you're you're self-induced vomiting. It's something that I never want to take lightly. So this is a behavior that you need to stop. But during the time that you're trying to stop, I think it's very important that you make sure that you're taken care of physically and that you're in a medically stable place. Jenna, I want to tell you and anyone else listening who may be struggling with this that I did a longer episode on this topic. It was episode 23, and it's called Dismiss Thoughts of Compensating for a Binge. It not only involves self-induced vomiting, but just other forms of purging, like overexercise or dieting, because these thoughts of compensating can encourage you to binge. So you need to learn to separate yourself from them, see them as false thoughts, or as I call it, neurological junk, and realize that you don't have to act on those thoughts either. So I'm going to put a link to that episode 23 in the show notes. So I encourage you to go listen to that and hopefully it will give you even more to think about and more help for this issue. I know that was kind of a short answer, but I do think that the most simple approach is the best approach in most cases. And just viewing that thought of I can always purge as part of your urge to binge, then the solution becomes simple. You just dismiss that thought as well. And Jenna, thank you so much for being a fan of my work and for following me. And I hope that my discussion here was helpful. I hope that you find episode 23 helpful. And I want to encourage you to keep trying and keep practicing and get whatever help you feel you may need. And I know that you can overcome this. That wraps up my two questions for today. I just have one final announcement before I close the show. I want to mention the coaching audios that I've talked about in previous episodes, and I want to apologize that I might have announced them a little too early because I didn't really consider how technology sometimes goes. There was a few holdups in just the creation of this technology. So I really appreciate your patience. There is an interest list that I started, which is linked in the show notes that you can put your name on that interest list and I will notify you when they're available. I have been told that they will be ready by the end of this month of October. 
So if you get your name on that interest list, I'll email you before the end of October. And when I email you, I'll also include a discount for these audios. So I encourage you to go get on that interest list. And I truly appreciate your patience for those of you who have been on that interest list for a while. Thank you so much. And I apologize again that it's taking longer than expected. For those of you who may be new to the show and have not heard about these coaching audios, they're going to be 14 audios, and they're shorter than these podcasts, but they're me coaching you through different aspects of the two recovery goals of dismissing urges and eating adequately. And it's just about keeping you focused on what you need to do each day to recover and keep these concepts in the front of your mind and keep you focused and keep you motivated. So it's really a good supplement to this podcast, or if you've read my books, it's a good supplement to that. And these audios are also part of the Brain Over Binge eight-week course and the Brain Over Binge independent study course. So right now you can only get them as part of those courses, but what will be new before the end of this month is that you can get them separately and they can be delivered to you through text, through email, and through your podcast app. And that's just helpful to get that reminder every day through your text, through your email, just to keep you motivated and to keep you on track and knowing what you need to do. The people in the independent study course and the eight-week course have found these audios very helpful, so I'm looking forward to bringing them to you as well. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you benefited from the discussion of the two questions, and I hope that you'll join me again next time. And for now, I want to encourage you and remind you that you have the power to change your brain and live a binge-free life. The Brain Over Binge podcast is produced and recorded by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC. All work is copyrighted by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC, and all rights are reserved. As a disclaimer, the hosts of the Brain Over Binge podcast are not professional counselors or licensed healthcare providers, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy. Eating disorders can have serious health consequences, and you are strongly advised to seek medical attention for matters relating to your health. Please get help when you need it, and good luck on your journey.